Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, Wilson. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 79. Yes, I did actually get it right this week. Uh, I checked. (laughs) Episode 79 of Lupa's Bits and I am as always your host Lupa Barty. No live studio audience this time. Well, there is. He's just back in his little phone where he, you know, likes to lurk. (laughs) He has gone home. Um... I had a bunch of stuff that I was going to talk about. And then I changed all that. And 
situations arose and I had a bunch of more things that I was going to talk about. Um, and if you've seen any of my TikToks that I've done recently, um, you'll know that the things that I was going to talk about, I was pretty passionate about them. Um, the long and the short of it, I was pretty pissed off. Flat out, I was pissed off. I was angry. I still am angry. Um, then I had a shower. <laughs> and I'm still angry. And I'm still... The things I was going to talk about are things that I have been struggling with for a little while. And it's funny because normally I don't let other people's opinions of me or what other people say affect me. I have had to learn from a very young age that people are going to say mean things. People are going to assume mean things. They're going to assume wrong things. They are going to relay misinformation to others about you. And there's nothing you can do about it. The long and the short of it, there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. You can't change their opinion. You can't correct the misinformation because if it's in there and they're believing it and they're using it to pass judgment on you, then it doesn't matter what you say because it's only going to make you look worse. So I learned from a very young age to just let it go. That those who know me and want to know me will know me and will trust in me and believe in me and know that I am what I say I am. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. And those that don't and want to believe their own idiotic misconceptions of what they believe you are, that's on them. And I've held on to that for a very long time. And it's, it's like a shield that I put up in front of me to protect those vulnerable parts of me. And it has worked because I have made it work. I have used it as a battering ram. I have used it as a protective shield. I have used that mentality as a place to hide. And it's protected me because I've never been in a situation where I cared enough to be concerned about the opinions expressed by those interacting with me and those around me. Until recently. And recently I have been put into a situation where the words and the thoughts and the opinions of those around me matter very, very much. 
And again, the same standard applies. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do, where I go, how I look, how I change, how I whatever. It doesn't matter. They're going to believe whatever it is they're going to believe. And it's not going to be good. It's not going to be right. That's for sure. They're going to carry these misguided thoughts and information. And they're going to use that to form their opinions and their venomous vitriol that they're going to spew from their mouth to those around them about me. And there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. And I'm finding that more often than not, I'm attempting to do damage control. I'm begging for forgiveness for something I've never done. I'm praying for a belief against something I've never been. And I'm fighting for friendships that I should never be losing. And it's, it's been a struggle. Because I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said. I don't know where I misstepped. So I don't understand how any of this came about. People that I thought cared about me suddenly couldn't give me the time of day. People that I thought were family that I considered like family and that spoke to me with words that indicated that they thought of me as family or as future family. Won't even give me the time of day. I had a conversation today with a very, very wise very young person, but a very wise person. Well, okay, I won't say wise. It was something that she was told. And it has to do with friends. If you send out, or you reach out to a friend and they don't respond at all, no matter how many times you try, they still don't respond. They were never a true friend. And that really struck me because I have sent message after message after message and received nothing in return. Not an explanation, not a... go away, not a, I don't want to talk to you, 
not a kiss my ass, nothing, just silence. So I don't understand. And I think that's the hardest thing for me is that I don't understand. I try and, and be very careful about what I say, what I do, how I act. I'm try I always try and be very respectful. I try and be very friendly. And to be met with such It's not even at, and the thing, I think the thing that bothers me the most is it's not even directly to my face. It's all done behind my back in secret. And I'm left wondering why the sudden silence? Where did everybody go? What did I do? I came across a quote today, one of my favorite TV shows, <laughs> and okay, now I have to find it. Um, did I close it? Oh, don't tell me I closed it. <sighs> That's one of my favorites. I think I did close it. That's okay, I can find it again. Um, remember I talked, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, our demons and I gave you some quotes from the originals that dealt with our own inner demons, our own personal demons. And was kind of along the lines of everybody has their own personal demons. I get that. I understand that. Um, I'm, I'm willing to accept that, you know. But tell me. Just say, hey, you know, I'm really not just... I'm really not feeling the vibe. I'll be okay. All right. Cool. I can deal with that. But <sighs> one of the quotes from the show that, that strikes me is something that Elijah says. He says, over the course of my long life, I've come to believe we are bound forever to those with whom we share blood. And that can either be your greatest treasure or your deepest regret. I don't share blood with these people. But I thought they were like family friends at least at the very least friends and I feel like it came I don't know I don't know it just kind of popped into my head that 
I, I almost feel like it came down to a moment of survival. Her or me. And I got thrown to the wolves. Yeah, I got thrown to the wolves. And it bothers me. And the fact that it's hurting people that I love very much breaks my heart. It's damaging them in ways that I don't even think those involved understand. I've been in a position before where I was a very young child and there was some animosity in my family between family members and I was kind of caught in the middle. Um, I loved the one person very, very much and they were at odds with my family, with the rest of the family. And I was very torn because I was hearing things about this person that I didn't believe to be true. Turns out they weren't, but um, I had to choose a side. And unfortunately it damaged the relationship that I had with that person. Um, Susan and I are no longer, we were inseparable when I was a kid. Um, she's my cousin Stuart's older sister. She was my protector. And there were things said about her husband um, that I don't know if they're true. But I know what they said about her wasn't. I know that now as a grown adult. As a child, I could only believe the adults that were around me. My mother, my aunt, my grandmother. Hell, Susan's own mother. How was I to, where was I to say they were wrong? They were the authority figures in my life. So I had to believe them. And it made me very suspect of those people in my family. It made me very distrustful and very guarded. And that's something that I have carried with me for the rest of my life. I'm still that way. I suspect and I, I question everything, everything that I'm told, doesn't matter what it is, everything that I'm told. I doubt it. It's the first instinct. It's my first response. And I see that happening now. And I hate that I am the reason why that damage is being done. I don't even know why. 
again, it comes back to that. I don't know why. And I, I think if I knew why, I could do something about it. I could say something. But this is all just kind of what I've pieced together from the lack of response that I'm getting from people. I've just suddenly been shut out. So it's all assuming. Because nobody will talk to me. Nobody will tell me decisively this is the problem. You are the problem. And this is why you are the problem. So I can only guess. So it's been a struggle trying to make decisions and figure out how to move forward and how to navigate unknown waters. I don't know what's in that water. I don't know if I'm going to relax for a moment and my boat's going to get capsized and I'm going to get dumped out and I'm going to be sailing down that river by myself. I don't know. It's kind of been a rough week. It's been a great week. Well, here it is. It's Tuesday and it's been a shitty week. <laughs> this week. Um, last week was fantastic. I had live studio audience here. You heard them. We did a ton of great things. We went to the Salvador Dali Museum. Um, we went to the Florida State Fair. We went to the sponge docks and had an incredible meal. I think I told you about that because I think we did that on the Wednesday of last week and I podcasted that night and I plugged Rusty Bellies. Totally, you know, non-paid plug, but plugged it anyway. <laughs> um, we went to my aunt's for my birthday. And I think that's kind of part of why I'm feeling a little emotional this week. More so. I had a birthday. And I always expect more than I probably should on my birthday. You know, especially when it comes to my family. I was kind of hoping I'd hear from my kids. And my daughter did post on my Facebook wall, happy birthday, mama. Didn't hear from my sons. Um, I got a happy birthday from my granddaughter's mom. Didn't hear from my granddaughter. I heard from my one nephew and my two nieces. I didn't hear from my other two nephews. I didn't, I didn't hear from my brother. didn't hear from either one of my sons. So, and the thing is, is every year I expect it to be different. You know, I hope it'll be different. It was a big one this year. It turned 50. <laughs> yeah, 50. I'm not, uh, 
not thrilled with that number. Now, I do have a piece of paper that I carry with me now that I got from my sister. And she sat down with my nephew and my two nieces. Now, my one niece is too young to contribute anything. And she sat down with my brother-in-law because as I was reading it to my mom, <laughs> I'd come to certain ones and I'd look at my mom and go, that was Scott. Um, they wrote down 50 things that are awesome about me. And uh, some of them, like the one from Haley, um, I'm good at making breakfasts. <laughs> that was from Haley. And um, I'm a good singer. That was from Everett. Poor child must be tone deaf, I'm telling you. Um, I'm beautiful and I'm kind and I'm accomplished. Just, just things like that. And of course, you know, my brother-in-law, my shoes don't take up much space at the front door. <laughs> or I very rarely drink the last beer. I think I've only ever done that on them once. Drank the last beer in the fridge. And I actually don't even think it was me. I think I just got blamed for it. Um, I think it was the last Palm Bay, not a beer. It was a Palm Bay. And yeah, damn, darn right I'm going to drink that. Sorry, I'm crying. You know, I told you. I warned you. You watched the TikTok. I warned you. It's a thing. So it's it, that was a, a tough day. I woke up that morning and checked my phone and I had a overabundance of birthday greetings on my wall from family, from friends, from contributors to the magazine. <laughs> People who've never met me in person, who've only ever interacted with me on the magazine, wishing me a happy birthday. That was really kind of special for me. And then I had a happy birthday. Here's our marriage certificate from my ex. Okay. Thanks, I guess. Um, and then I had a message from somebody else that kind of played on a lot of my insecurities that I have been working on. Um, so I got up, went in the bathroom, had a good cry, had a pee, went and made coffee, and came back and went, okay, that's how we're going to start today. That's not how it's going to continue. And went to my aunt's for dinner and <laughs> had three margaritas. <laughs> three very, very good margaritas um, and some really awesome appetizers. Now, when my aunt says you're coming for appetizers, you're going to leave full because she's going to do lots of appetizers. And there were lots of appetizers. And then we had shrimp done on the barbecue and pizza done on the barbecue and the most amazing chocolate, dark chocolate truffle cake. 
Now, I'm not exactly sure how they can call it a cake because there was absolutely no wheat in this cake at all. It was dark chocolate and there was no preservatives, no additives. My aunt is allergic to absolutely everything. Um, so she has to be very, very careful about what she eats. It was pretty much a keto cake, <laughs> which I very happily finished tonight. Um, it was very good. And when you stick it in the fridge, it was a truffle cake. And when you stick it in the fridge, it kind of came out like a fudge brownie. Very good. Very good. But it needed to be out of the house. It needed to be gone. Because <laughs> it's very hard to um, eat healthy and stay healthy and and do make the healthy choices when you have the not healthy food in the house. And like I said, I've been struggling. Uh, to the point that when I went and did groceries um, yesterday, was it yesterday? might have been two days ago my anxiety and my depression got the better of me and I walked out of the store with a bag of sour cream and onion potato chips which is no longer in the house because I ate them <laughs> I ate half the bag yesterday and the rest of the bag today uh, yeah I regret it that's one of those things that you know you do and then you regret immediately because um, you feel guilty but yeah, like I said, I've been struggling to the point where I'm eating my comfort food. And I think it's because I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to make it right. I don't even know what I did wrong to be able to make it right. And there's so much riding on this. And then Monday, Monday. See, I started, okay, so let me backtrack a little bit here. Um, at the beginning of February, I started, I have a problem with what I affectionately call spasbrain. And spasbrain likes to take over a lot, and spasbrain is not a very nice person, and they know absolutely every negative button to push every statement to say to whisper in my ear um, and every morning I had to write down one thing that spaz brain says to me and put it in a cup and then at the end of the day I had to write down one positive thing that I wanted to bring into my life put that in a cup and then after 12 days I had to get rid of the spaz brain dispose of it, discard of it, throw it away, get rid of it so that I could let that go. I tell you, Spaz Brain's a fighter. <laughs> it's been around so long, it's kind of comfortable in there, it's moved in, it's got knickknacks. It's not going without a fight. But now I work with the positive things and I pull a positive piece of paper out of my cup every morning and I write down how I feel that morning how I felt when I woke up and I'm pretty sure eventually I'll be able to write down I feel great I feel happy I feel this I feel that um, so far not so much 
This morning I woke up feeling numb. Yesterday I woke up feeling defeated and a failure and very, very alone. Um, I had an appointment yesterday with my lawyer. Like I've been telling you, um, I mean, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. It was a decision that was made the minute I stepped my foot outside of the door of that house that we would be getting divorced. That there is no reason to stay married to a man that I'm not going to be spending the rest of my life with. That's ridiculous. And while I do believe in the sanctity of marriage and I do not believe in divorce, I do believe there are situations where um, it is the best course of action. And this is one of those situations. So I'm not sad that my ex and I have broken up and we're getting a divorce. No. I'm sad that I spent 27 years of my life for nothing. I mean, not for nothing in the sense that, you know, for nothing, um, but that I will never in my life experience a 50th wedding anniversary. I will never in my life experience a 60th wedding anniversary. My grandparents were married almost 70 years, 60, 65 years when my grandfather died. 65 years. I did not expect to be 50 years old and getting a divorce. That is not where I had planned to be at this stage of my life. And yet here I am, starting over. I didn't expect to be here and have a future so uncertain. You know, you think by the time you reach 50, you know where your life is going and what you're doing and you know what the next 20, 30, 40, 50 however long years you have left are going to contain or at least who's going to be in it 
and up until today, um, well, when I had the meeting with the lawyer, it was all conversations. This is what we're going to do. This is what has to be done. And then on Monday, I was given time frames. Okay. All right. And then the application showed up today. Now, this isn't the application for um, to be represented. No, no. This is the application for divorce. My information, his information, copy of the marriage certificate. Then it goes off to him. Um, I do happen to have a friend who is more than happy to skip her little butt down the road and serve him. Um, but it goes to him and he has 30 days to respond. If he doesn't respond, then the um, I can't remember what the name of it is. My mom called it a decree nisi, but I can't remember what it's called. The next stage is set and filed with the court. And then 31 days after that, it's done. So basically, 62 days, 61 days. Now, she said from start to finish, it usually takes about three to four months. So by June, um, I could be starting this podcast with, hey, it's Lupa Garris. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it, but you know, it is what it is. I don't like my maiden name. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll make up a new one. <laughs> Just choose a new one. I don't know. My mom never changed her last name after she got divorced. She just kept the one she had. Just become a single name. Just Lupa. Yeah, I'll just be Lupa. There you go. The artist formerly known as. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been an emotional week. Because, I mean, like I said, by the time you reach this age, you don't expect to be starting over. And that's what I'm doing. I'm starting over in a brand new relationship. <laughs> a brand new life. With brand new problems. Yay. <laughs> and the thing is, is there isn't any problems in the relationship. That part's fine. As far as I know. I had to check with the live studio audience. But it's the uncertainty. It's the not knowing. You know? I'm 50. That's a quarter. That's a half a century. I'm going to say a quarter of a century, but no. That was 25 years ago. 
And I didn't handle that one well either. <laughs> nope. I did not handle turning 25 well at all. Yeah, I'm 50. Now, if I'm like the women in my family, I'm going to live to a ripe old age of 90-something. Um, one of my grandmothers, great, several down the lines, lived to be like 107. Um, my grams that just died recently, she was 93. So I've got at least like 40 years minimum, maybe, you know? But I've got another 10 years, maybe? 15 of this. Of, of not being old, old. You can't fight the wrinkles in the march of time forever. And I look at my mom. She's going to be 70 in July. And she looks like a little old lady. And that's only 20 years away from me. And I look at how I am now and I look at her and I'm like, that's going to happen to me in 20 years. I'm going to look like that. I'm going to be that old. I think that scares me. Getting old. Becoming more unattractive than I already am. <laughs> Losing that, that allure. Having to depend on my personality, you know keep somebody around. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I better hurry up and make it rich as a writer because, you know, I'm going to have some reason to keep him around. <laughs> I'm getting eyeballed. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's been... A rough week. It's only Tuesday. And I've kind of kept... I've been struggling for a while. And I've kind of kept it to myself. Because... Everybody's struggling. Everybody's struggling. No one else listen to me. That's what this is for. You don't have a choice. Once a week you got to listen to me whine. And I know I'm going to get messages from at least one person giving me shit for not telling her that I was struggling. She knows that I'm angry. She knows why I'm angry. They both do. Both my, my sisters know. <laughs> and they have some rather colorful solutions. <laughs> I do have to say uh, <laughs> that there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that either one of these women have my back 150% 
regardless. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or what kind of power you wield. Those two, it doesn't even matter if I'm wrong. Those two have my back. In a very colorful, sometimes graphically painful way. <laughs> they are fierce in their love and dedication to me. Just as I am as fierce in my love and dedication to them. Um, there was talk bandied around about getting passports for the sole purpose of crossing the border and kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> what better reason to get a passport? You know? Just because they needed to cross the border and slap some heads together. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I have no doubts in my mind that these two women would go to bat for me in a heartbeat if I asked them. Well, you know, they do without me even asking them. And I would do the same for them. And that's kind of what's gotten me through um, my struggles. And winter's always been a struggle for me, and I've kind of blamed it on the weather, and I'm realizing it's not so much the weather as it is the time of year. January is my dad's birthday. February is my birthday. March would have been my wedding anniversary. It just sucks. First three months of the year suck. But I'll get through it. I'll get through it. I always do. I got 50 years experience of getting through it. I'm still here. My track record is 100% for getting through it. What it's going to look like when I come out the other side, I don't know. I don't know. Because if you know me and you know anything about me, I will never do anything that will hurt a child. I can't. That's why I broke up my first marriage. I was willing to take the beatings if it meant that my son grew up with his mom and his dad. I was not willing to allow him to take the beatings. That's why I stuck around my second marriage for so long. I wanted my daughter to grow up with her mom and her dad in the same house. I never had that as a kid. I wanted to give that to my kid. So I tucked all my dreams away, all my wants, all my desires, all my needs for the needs of my children. And that's how it should be. The needs of your children should come first. Unfortunately, the needs of your children coming first come at a cost. And I lost who I was. And I began to resent the choices that I had made and I know my ex resented me 
Because we were both miserable. Trust me, we were miserable. <laughs> we didn't talk. We weren't yet yelling and screaming at each other miserable. We were just like, I don't even acknowledge that you exist in my airspace miserable. <laughs> You're part of the furniture. And that's not any way to spend your life. And I honestly believe, because I know my mental health, I know my physical health, I honestly believe that I may have well have been dead by now. Or very, very sick. So, some good came out of it. A lot of good came out of it. But, I'm divorced. <laughs> At least I will be. And I swore when I was little, I would never follow in my mother's footsteps. And when I got married, that would be it. It would be for life. And when my ex and I got married, we made a vow that divorce would never, ever be put on the table. That we would fight for the relationship. Turns out those are just words. Just things people say to make it sound good. Because, you know, here we are. <laughs> but I didn't want to be like my mom. My mom's been married four times. We started calling her Elizabeth Taylor. Now, like I said, she's going to be 70, so the odds of her getting married again are none because her family won't. We will not let her. Yeah. Uh, it's been a very reflective birthday. Struggling writer. The verge of divorce. In Florida with my mother. I'm a winner. <laughs> That's spaz brain. That's what spaz brain does. Because then there's this other little voice in my head. I have three complete books under my belt. Two of them published. I've worked my way from managing editor to editor-in-chief of an entire publishing company. And I've worked my way there. It wasn't handed to me. I've helped launch writing careers. 
I've helped make dreams come true. I've helped build the company from what it was when I came on four years ago to what it is today. I Google my name. I'm mentioned in places that I've never heard of. <laughs> because I published their story in our magazine. Or I published their poem. Or I put their their tale in our anthology. There's my name. On their website. Or their blog. Or somewhere else. I have broadened the horizons of once very close-minded people. I have made honest, genuine connections and honest, genuine smiles on faces that hadn't had that kind of attention in a long time. And I still have those connections. There's one connection that it doesn't matter what anybody says. That connection will always be there. It's weird because it was there from the very, very beginning, from the very first time I ever met this kid. Him and I had this connection. We just kind of clicked. And the very first time I ever had a conversation with this kid, his dad and I were having a, a business conversation on the phone and he just got out of the car. Left me in the car with him. And when his dad came back to continue the business conversation, we pretty much told him to hush. We were having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of been like that ever since I message him all the time he messages me we talk about TV shows we talk about computers we talk about movies and annoying little dogs <laughs> the weird and wonderful ways to get rid of annoying little dogs <laughs> And I think sometimes it's more therapeutic for me to come up with interesting ways of disposing of little dogs just as much as it is for him. <laughs> that is a bond that will never be broken. And that makes me happy. And I did get a happy birthday from my grandson. I got it on Valentine's Day. I sent out Valentine's to everybody that I loved. I sent them out to my granddaughters. I sent it out to my grandson, my niece and my nephews. Um, and my grandson, my daughter-in-law sent me a message and she apologized. She is working a full-time job and looking after my grandson is also a full-time job. He is autistic and um, he's in school so 
doing his therapies and doing his schoolwork and everything. It's kind of a full-time job, so it kind of slipped her mind. But I got a, a happy, as best as he could say it, he was absolutely adorable. A happy birthday, Amma. And I love you too. With his little, his little lips all pursed up too. <laughs> he looks so much like his dad. With the big mop of shaggy hair. So cute. Um, and his speech is coming along so amazingly. Um, you can understand what he's saying now. He's using um, vocalizations which sound like words. So he's a lot easier to understand. Um, and he, he doesn't say all of the syllables in the words, but he says enough of the word that you know what the word is. So I'm so very proud of the work that my daughter-in-law has done with James. It's just incredible. He has come so far. Potty training, still working on it, but you know what? His uncle, my uh, oldest boy, my middle boy, he uh, he peed the bed right up till he was 10. <laughs> so <laughs> I told her, I said, don't stress about potty training. He's only four. You're doing really good. It's all good. I don't know. I think tonight's journal entry is probably going to be another um, rough one. The first one I pulled, the first piece of paper that I pulled out of my positivity cup was commitment. And the one that I pulled this morning was parental. So, yeah. I did something for me today, though, that I like to do. That makes me feel pretty. Makes me feel young. <laughs> but it makes me feel pretty. I went and got my nails done. It's been a long time since I've had my nails done other than you know buying the nails at Walmart and gluing them on and in three days they look like crap these are at least going to last me a couple of weeks before I have to go and get them done um, and I felt good after I had them done I felt good so I went looking at gyms because you know I certainly didn't come into 50 looking like I was 50. I got the hair dyed, I got the nails done. And I don't look like I'm 50. At least I don't think I do. I mean, people tell you, oh no, you don't, you don't look like you're that old, but I've said that to people and they, I'm sorry, they look like they're 95. You know, everybody lies. It's a thing. To be polite. So, I'm struggling with 50. And I know it's just a number. And I know that physically I am in far better shape than a lot of people my age. That I don't look like I am 50 years old. But nobody in my generation looks like the age we're supposed to be. 
thing on TikTok completely explains why nobody, no Gen Xer looks like the age that they're supposed to be. Because our parents kicked our butts so far into next week so many times that we've lost an entire decade. But it's just, I don't know, it's just a number. It's just a number. But it's an important one. It's a big one. Uh, this totally went like, in a direction that I wasn't... Again, see? Totally changed which way I was going to go with this podcast. But sometimes those are, are the good ones. Um, eh. So I pulled up a couple of poems. I was looking for specific things to go with what I wanted to talk about. Like I had Googled deep poetry. Uh, some of the things that came up, I'm like, that's not really that deep. I hate to tell you. <laughs> but, you know, okay. Somebody might think it is. Um, this one, I kind of like. Now, I don't know if, you, if you've seen them on Instagram. They look like they're typed out on a typewriter on paper. And they're all by the same poet, R.M. Drake. And he started putting out little excerpts of his poetry in, um, I'm not sure, 2016, I think, 2015, I think. And he blew up. He, he went, he just, he went viral. Just putting these little excerpts of his poets, poetry, like just little snippets from his poetry on Instagram and doing it in this way. This is one of my favorites. I had to go and find it. We are moments. We are dreams and we are memories. We are everything. And in the depths, we swim deeper to discover that we are not born whole, so we cannot be broken. We are born in twos, and we are searching, searching for the other piece, that other person to guide us home. Yeah. And it's funny because that other person doesn't necessarily have to be a love partner. It could be a friend. It could be a random stranger that you connect with. It could be a child that you connect with. So that one I, I kind of... I couldn't find anything else that really spoke to what I have been feeling and what I have been um, what I've been struggling with. So, that was just one of the ones, but I didn't find anything that um, I could that even I don't even think I've written anything but these two um, were close so I don't know if I've read this one on my podcast before but if I have tough I'm reading it again um, I wrote it April 3rd 2011 fragile times our hearts have seen 
strewn upon the clover, more ragged now than it's ever been, in muted rumbling glory. Each scar it bears tells tales so true of life most vigorously spent, reaching out, as hearts will do, for love most joyously sent. That one complete, that missing part, of puzzles deep and rare, for a moment's beauty where miracles start, with magic on which to share. Fragile times our hearts have seen, with memories of clover. The lines form now where smiles have been, the youthful time is over. With age brings wisdom to be passed on, to keep the heart song going. The secrets shared when we move on will keep the love still flowing. And it kind of hit me because when I wrote it in 2011, I was 12 years younger than I am now. And I felt old then. And now that I'm sitting here at 50, <laughs> with age brings wisdom, um, I need to be a whole lot older to have wisdom because I don't have any wisdom. I, ha I don't know where this wisdom is supposed to come from and when we're supposed to just suddenly get it. What age does it just appear? Because I'm not very wise. <laughs> I have experience. I do not have wisdom. And there's this one. Secret Places. Wrote it September 9th, 2011. I read a lot of poetry in 2011. Secret places and hidden dreams gather deep within my soul. Stirring to life, they have begun. With desire, they spring with glee. Responding to an ancient call. Spoken in words, in part from thee. Those secret places, the hidden dreams all vying to be heard, the rush of you within my blood, the answer to my call. How bittersweet it is to love when love can't have it all. My hidden places and secret dreams to you I offer free, for you have broken down a wall which long has hidden me. <laughs> my studio audience is nodding. But that one kind of, yeah, you know, you have that connection with a person. I certainly didn't expect to have that at 50 years old. I expected it to have that in my 20s and it still be there when I was 50. <laughs> Not going, oh, hey, you're new <laughs> when I'm in my 50s. I don't know. I wish I knew what life had in store, what I was supposed to do, what my purpose was. I think that's my problem. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be here to do. Aren't you supposed to know that by now? Aren't you supposed to have that figured out by this by the time you're this age? My life is half over. 
I'm supposed to have it figured out. Maybe I did figure it out and I wrote it down and put it in a safe place and now I'm never going to find it. Yeah, very reflective. Ooh. I just switched screens and I blinded myself. I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out and I will... Well, I always do. I always figure it out. I always muddle through it. I'm not going to be making any life-altering decisions. <laughs> um, I think I've made enough of those <laughs> recently. I'll just, let's just deal with one life-altering decision at a time, okay? I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see. And I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and hopefully figure out where this path is going because I have no idea. And anybody who knows me knows that I hate not knowing. I hate secrets. I hate being, oh, wait and see. I am not patient. I do not wait and see. I need to know now. Tell me now. <laughs> I want to know. I hate this wait and see. But I guess I'm going to have to wait and see. So. Oh, I just remembered that quote. I did actually copy it and put it in a Word document so that I wouldn't lose it because I was looking for other stuff. So I'm going to close this out with this quote. Because it goes back to what I was talking about with the whole not knowing what I did. All of us live with a demon inside. Some days you control the demon, and other days it controls you. And it is always hungry. It feeds on lust and longing. And while you may slumber, the demon never sleeps. It tempts you into crossing every line you've ever drawn. All the while it tests you haunts you, and once it has turned your loved ones into enemies, the demon has consumed you whole. And what scares me is that I am slowly watching that happen. To me. And I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to change it. I don't even know if I can. I don't even know if I should. If it's even worth putting the effort into it. And I get that everybody has personal demons and I am sure there are their own personal demons that they are battling with and they've just stuck my face on them for now. But I can't, I can't, I don't know. I, I, I say I can't reconcile that, but I don't have a choice. There's nothing I can do. 
can't talk to them about it because they haven't said anything to me about it. So I don't even know. Just wish I knew. Just a word. You know? A hey. Sorry, but we can't be friends. Alright, that's enough of me whining. I'm going to close this episode out and... Yeah. If you're struggling and you're having a hard time, talk to somebody. Don't let it fester in your head because it can take you to some pretty ugly places. Believe me, I know. I've been there. I've been to all those places this week. I started having nightmares last week. I've been having nightmares for a while. It's been a couple of weeks now, I think. At least two. That I've been having nightmares on a regular basis. Almost nightly. And when that happens, I know I'm struggling. I'm I'm in a difficult place. Because when I sleep, that is when my subconscious, my fears come to the surface and they take over. So, wish your girl luck. <laughs> I will talk to you all next week. And, uh, yeah. Catch me on uh, TikTok. Lupa Bits. Lupa's Bits, the TikTok. I am on Instagram. Lupa's Bits, the podcast. And Twitter. I finally got back into my Twitter account. Lupa's Bits, the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And just come find me. Come talk to me. And uh, I think next week I got a request um, on a TikTok a while ago that I need to... Olivia, this one's for you. So next week we are going to talk about what has inspired me to be a writer, why I wanted to be a writer, and where I get my inspiration from, and how I create my stories. So that will be next week's episode. Um, Olivia, that one will be for you. I'm sorry it's taken me this long to do that. (laughs) All right. I will talk to you all next week. Have a good one, everybody. See ya. Carry on all the wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.